going on, 52 family? So before we get into this episode, we would like for you to like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform that you're listening to. And if you're on Spotify, you are actually the real winners, okay? That means you are watching. That means you're also in tune with any other polls or any other content that we have coming out. Spotify is the place to be. So if you're not on Spotify, if you're not tuning into us on Spotify, you're, you're still loved, but you're missing out, okay? <laughs> so please make sure you check us out there. Also, follow us at 52 Dallas on Instagram. We want to thank y'all so much for your love and support. We really do appreciate it. Now, let's get into this episode. You're listening to the 52 Podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the 52 Podcast. I'm super excited. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, God's kid. Hector. Hey, bro, I literally just immigrated to this country. <laughs> Hector. <laughs> like, the cartel just dropped me off, bro. I like how you was like, Fiji, Fiji, make sure to be respectful, calm down a little, calm down. Hey, look, okay, <laughs> so. Yeah, so we were talking about the cartel five seconds No, nah, listen, listen. Hey, listen. Is that, are we supposed to press the roadcaster on? <laughs> no, nah, we were on straight to the computer. I have so much anxiety right now. Oh, we're good, bro. Okay, praise God. We're good. Uh, not the horn? That's what I was wondering. I was like, dang. Bro, somebody be tweaking, bro. It's, it, it, bro, it's that same car. It's going to go for it? a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in an apartment complex uh, sponsored by Industrious Satanic Company out here in Dallas, Texas. And uh, <laughs> we are surrounded by city lights and cars, so. Forgive us if we get distracted. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm feeling good. Lead oh, me. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't introduce Lead my me guy in this either. conversation. I didn't introduce my guy as well. So, Ephesians, Campbell, what a.k.a. Do? Fiji. 52. He's a firefighter. I he am. is. I EMT, am. bro. David Goggins. See some, you see some messed up <laughs> stuff, bro. Goggins kid. Pray for that man. I am not Goggins kid. That makes him <laughs> sick. said, I rebuke that. <laughs> Say it one more time. Oh, yeah, that's right. My, my fault. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this podcast and you are not on Spotify, I feel very sorry for you. If you are on Spotify, I love you very much to the end of time. I'm glad you are here. You are watching, not just listening. You are in, involved in our Q&As and our polls and everything, giving us feedback on what you like, what you don't like, and what you would love to see in the future. So if you are not on Spotify, I would encourage you to go ahead and get off Apple Podcasts and move over to where the goats reside. We love you guys. Thank you. And let's get into the episode. What's Hector. happening? Are you trying to get the Spotify money? Hey, bro. Yes. I'm trying to get all the money. <laughs> you're only doing, so y- y'all are, uh, you're getting paid for, you're getting revenue off of the Spotify when they watch the video? Yep. Nice, dude. Yep. So because, because it's, uh, I mean, because Anchor got bought out mm-hmm. by Spotify. For $320 million. $320 million. It's just more of an interactive space. Obviously, you guys over We're on the it. basement use it. Um, and y'all really, like, kill it with, with the video content. Actuals. You make it. It's, it's another YouTube, low-key. Like, no, look, look, we're blessed. The, the, the revenue on there is not far off from YouTube right now. I think every, every platform is different when it comes to the revenue. Sp- right now, we're talking about YouTube and Spotify. Mm-hmm. But, like, on YouTube, for the Basement Podcast, per thousand views is $25. Mm. Most of the time, it's just 8 to $11. Is that not wild? That, yeah, I looked at that crazy. today. I'm like twenty five dollars every thousand views. Yeah, that's you wild. can do the math. The basement is financially blessed by God right now. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because we we had this conversation at um, you know 
You should be sponsored by this restaurant, by the way. <laughs> you um, should. <laughs> Arby's? <laughs> the Firehouse Gastro Park in Grand Prairie, hey, I've never been to Arby's. Have y'all been there? Heck no. Oh, no. What do you mean, heck no? You eat at Arby's, Arby's, you're gross. You don't want the meats, bro? Ah, that's so wild. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> No, I went to I went to Arby's one time as a kid, and I never went back. I've never been there, dude. I, okay, the so we have cheese on roast beef. Just didn't sit well. Oh, it doesn't sound bad. But you, I interrupted. I'm sorry. We were talking at the restaurant that uh, my wife yes. works at. Yes, that your wife works at. Um, and you're and you also help her out whenever you mm-hmm. can behind the bar. Maybe. Oh yeah, I have I have I have I love serving in hospitality. My life is two things. I'm in the online space and I'm creating content for myself yeah. and I'm creating content for people that's reaching millions of people. Mm-hmm. And I will go help my wife and bartend for 12 hours like I did this past Friday night because oh, I love crazy. it. I want to own a restaurant one day. Yeah. So I'm like legit in the game, even though on the online space side, I've technically made it as a 25 year old kid. If you could, if you could start your restaurant today, what would it be? I would, I, I don't, I'm, man, the restaurant side, I still haven't, I feel like the Holy Spirit hasn't fully unpacked for me, mm-hmm. but what I do know is we do want to be in the bar space, okay. which obviously means alcohol, mm-hmm. and we serve cocktails and mm-hmm. mocktails, but I've been in the game with my wife now for over two years, and it is my favorite way to serve somebody. Yeah. I love it. I, it's one of my, it's, it's, the, it's almost as equal as how much I love producing content for somebody. Those two loves are almost yeah. identical. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd want a speakeasy bar first. Okay. Um, I'd love to have a coffee shop in the morning, speakeasy cocktail mixology spot at night. That's There's nice. a spot in Oak Cliff called Zaman Cafe. Have you heard of yes. it? It's yes. This, it's, it's that vibe. So okay. Zaman Cafe in the morning is a gorgeous coffee shop, all like Eastern Mexican inspired. Yep. And then at night you can go hang out in the backside and yep. go have a drink. Have a it's drink. cool, yeah. dude. It's it's super dope. There's another spot like that over um in east east of downtown. It's like a it's kind of speakeasy. It's on the outside, it looks like a, a clothing store. But when you go in, it's just like a full on mm. super What's dope. it called? Um I can't remember the name. It's a it's it's a Spanish name. You know, I ain't even gonna try. Immigrant name. Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> but you were saying how you your love for creating content so whenever you were did it start when you were younger or is it something that you kind of grew into as you got older mm-hmm hello sir how are you you hopping on the podcast <laughs> we're talking about the goat here in his in his journey janitor life you know now this man is the creative of all creatives. Yeah. All right, we we talked, we chopped it up, bro. You let me know. You and I see your know. and I see your hoodie. That's that's very that's very nice. God's kid right there. <laughs> well, question: Why do you say that all the time? God's God's kid? kids? Yeah, that's kind of like your tagline. It's my favorite phrase. That's to gonna use. be the name of this episode. I've only used this. I've only used that phrase now for the latter like half of six months. Mm-hmm. My my two favorite phrases are "Please don't kill yourself." And <laughs> so intense, I know. Please don't kill yourself and God's kids. You actually have that tattoo. I have got, I, no, I have please don't kill yourself tatted on me. Yeah. God's kids, I'm going to get next. I just don't know when or where. But no, that's my favorite phrase. It's just a reminder to people. Dude, one time I was at church and I went up to the janitor and I told him, man, you're just God's kid. Most of the time people think I'm being like condescending or a, like a, a douchebag. Yeah. And you're like, why is it? What? 
Trouble. What does that even mean? It means yeah. nothing. Yeah. But I, I really mean it like you are literally God's kid. You are loved, mm-hmm. valued, gorgeous, beautiful, the whole thing. I went up to this janitor, and he's younger. And I was yeah. like, here's God's kid, bro. He starts, like, shedding a tear. And he's like, thank you, bro. And then I leave. He, after service, he comes up to me. He's like, I really needed to hear that today. Gave me no context. He's just like, I really needed to hear that reminder. Yeah. So it's just my phrase. I like telling people uh, who they are. That's it. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, bro. That's and crazy. you, how old are you? 25. You're 25? I'm 25. What? I'm serious. What? I'm serious. How old are y'all? Are y'all old? Bro, I'm 30. Dude. I'm 24. God's kid. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> Once you cross into the 30s, you are no longer God's kid. You're God's elder. <laughs> God's associate. <laughs> associate. <laughs> you, so you started off <clears throat> doing creative stuff. In high school, yeah, bro. I've been I've been doing creative stuff with with the video camera since I think I was a a sophomore or freshman in high school. My okay. my buddy had a crappy old JVC camera, and then I had a. You might not remember them. They were called the flip camera, and you know what I'm talking about. Yep. You press the button, and the little USB port comes out. Yep. And it was real ghetto. It was so lame. But my dad bought it for me for Christmas, and we would just make dumb videos. Yeah. If you look up Casa Noodles on YouTube, Casa Noodles, How to Get Buff Quick. I'm going to be there. I'm really skinny, and I have my emo haircut, and I'm teaching people how to get buff quick. It's just like a little skit video. Yeah. So I didn't know nothing about Vine or, or anything savvy. It was just already in us, and we were doing skits and stuff like that. Yeah. So that, that's where it all started, and I, got, I became obsessed. Like, I could not be someone who didn't create. Yeah. So in high school, I, 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 did you find it? Yeah. Did you find it? Pop up the screenshot. I'm not doing that dirty. <laughs> I, I'm not the editor. <laughs> I'm not doing that dirty. Um, yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't catch me not creating, bro. Yeah, I was so obsessed with with just doing it because it was polar opposite of what I was supposed to do. I'm I'm the kid. I'm the I'm the Mexican kid in the hood. My parents crossed over the border for me to go to school. And make good money and provide for my family. Yeah. I'm like, I want to do all those things except go to school. So I'm like, I need to find a way to make money doing yeah. this. So I was always creating, knowing one day I would do it for a living. Mm-hmm. But uh, I first started in as, as a janitor, as many jokes as I've made about being a janitor. I was a janitor for four years at Gateway Church. Hey, shout that, out Gateway. I love Gateway. Wow. Gateway I was a janitor people. for four years, dude. Uh, for, for one month, I was... Uh, I was just a janitor, and then one month later, the, one of the managers quit, mm-hmm. and then my boss was like, hey, man, I need you to be the manager of the janitors. So that's what I did for the, the remainder of my years there, and then that was, bro, that was one of the best things that could have ever happened in my life because I, I was in charge of taking care of a team and taking care of a building. So I had to have, like, reverence and zeal mm-hmm. to, like, I have to, prior- like, take care of this building and its people, so it's always ready for them. But content was always in my head. Yeah. I was always making vlogs. I have a YouTube channel with a bunch of private. I have, I think I have, think I have over two hundred privated vlogs. So I, I journeyed my whole life out of high school. Yeah, my janitor days, and then I did student ministry for two years after that. So I did six years at Gateway, mm-hmm. and then I started my business and started yeah. doing all the freelance stuff. Bro, yeah, bro, that's crazy. That's so obviously we'll get into. All of the basement stuff. Can you pass me my Dr. Pepper? Yeah, 1,000%. You got better reset me. I still have a gut I'm working on. That's why I'm in the gym. Because you're running low, bro. Thank you, daddy. I'll I'll open it for you. Like, you're literally a daddy. I'm not being weird. Nah, I'm actually a father. God's kid. (laughs) 
God's, so, God's older. So we'll get into like all the basement stuff and everything from there. But one thing that really stuck out to me about you, because I messaged you on Instagram, bro. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, bro, I just love the work you do, bro. And going through your content, bro, the, the don't kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that really is something that stuck with me because I know that's just something a lot of people deal with. You know, kind of give me the backstory on that and what led to that tattoo getting put on your back. Oh, my God. It's such a sad story. I was I was 11 years old, and uh, I was introduced to, to YouTube at such a young age when YouTube was, like, barely becoming viral. Back then, it was just, like, cat videos and, mm-hmm. and, and like, memes. Yeah. That's literally what it was. And then, but on YouTube is how I discovered music. Yeah. And I discovered a lot of music that opened me to that lifestyle of, like it, this is a like of depression, so it wired me at a young age to think like, this is how I think now. So yeah. I'd listen to Slipknot and I would listen to Metallica. Most people love them, no big deal. I still love them, yeah. but all of their lyrics were like so so sad and so much about yeah. suicide and hurt and harming yourself. So they they idolized those things. So as an eleven year old, it, it was uh, it, this sounds so creepy. I'm sorry, but it was like attractive to me. Mm. So harming yourself and that emo lifestyle, that gothic lifestyle, it was, like, attractive. And then the friends I had at school, the, the few emo and gothic people in the hood, that's who <laughs> were my friends. I was also friends with the thugs. I was a real good chameleon. I was yeah. friends with everybody. Yeah. But I always leaned towards, like, the emo kids. And it sounds, like, so silly, right? It's like, oh, just the kids with long hair. They look corny. They listen to Slipknot, whatever. But it affected my entire childhood into my, like, my marriage because I never dealt with that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, bro, like, at 11 years old, I'd walk home from school, and I would have a knife to my stomach day after day, not even, like, having a reason to want to kill myself, but it was the idolization of suicide. Yeah. So it's almost, it, dude, it sounds, like, psychotic because it is psychotic. It's psycho to take your life. And um, all of that stuff was birthed at such a young age. So anytime there was a hardship in my life, the answer was kill yourself. Mm. So the fuel of that was all shame and guilt. And I mean, little things. You lost the girl you wanted to be with, kill yourself. You're, uh, when I would see my parents, and, and they're together now, but when I would see my parents uh, never kiss, never hold hands, they're probably going to get a divorce, and I'm the glue to them, just, just take your life. So it was like all these things that followed me through, through my uh through my adolescence and then into my marriage and life's perfect in my marriage, like from the outside and life is good. Like I'm in ministry, I'm preaching. And this is the, after the four years of me being a janitor, this is now me being like two years into the student ministry. I'm preaching to 200 plus kids, uh, and and a genuine message, like from my heart, I'm genuinely speaking to them. I'm telling them that God loves them, that Christ died for them. I'm going to all of the local schools in Grand Prairie, and I was the chaplain for the football teams. I am not an athlete, by the way. I am so unathletic. (laughs) But God put me in the position to be their chaplain. So I'd go to, like, Lamar High School. I'd go to Grand Prairie High School, Adams Middle School, and I'd preach to, to all the athletics teams. And I really meant it. But when I'd go home and I got off of this dopamine rush, I was so depleted. My only answer was, just kill yourself. Mm. If I, I'm like, why, God? Like, why yeah. is this following me? And then um, I think the, so that was like the birth of it. Where it got terrible is when I was 18 out of high school. 
um, I had been with somebody, and I won't name her, and it's all private, but I was, I was with somebody that I had gotten pregnant, and she was so terrified out of her mind, she didn't know what to do, so she aborted uh, the baby. And I was a part of that entire process. So I was, entire, I was a part of the process of getting her a, um, uh, a pregnancy test. I was a part of the process of being with her for like a few weeks, of talking back and forth, trying to figure out what to do, taking her to the abortion clinic where I would see like hundreds of like young girls. And this is like a secret society. It's like I never knew this existed. It's in North Dallas to the location we went. And it was like... <laughs> This isn't on the news. Like, this yeah. is a whole other planet I never knew of. All beautiful young girls who don't know what to do, but, like, I have to abort the baby. I don't know what to do, right? There's no hatred towards the person I was with. I literally love them. My heart breaks for them that they felt like that was the only answer. Yeah. So, literally, I love her so much. Yeah. Not romantically. <laughs> I have love. Rachel, I love you. <laughs> literally love you. You're my wife. There you go. <laughs> But, like, my heart broke because she didn't know what to do. But I was still left with, like, the residue and all the shrapnel of that entire war. Yeah. Fought for that kid's life for, for, for an entire month, which felt like a century. Mm-hmm. And that baby, that baby was, was 14 weeks old. Yeah. That baby was formed. That baby had little fingers. That baby felt everything when they went through that surgery, which was, like, the, the vacuum surgery. Mm-hmm. So, like... They ripped that baby to shreds, basically. Yeah. Um, so I remember that day when I was walking down the, the hallway of Gateway Church Grand Prairie, and I got the text that she went through with the surgery. She was just keeping me updated. And that's when I knew. I'm like, this, this is, now I want to, I, I literally want to die now. Yeah, And that was like, I finally have a legit reason. Back then it was just idolization of, of my mental health, idolization of, of suicide and depression and not really even really having a reason, just, just making it my own God. Yeah. And then now I finally had one. So yeah, I had my, like I had my first suicide attempt at my parents' house and then, um, and praise God, I'm still alive. Yeah. But that was the, the journey of of the pain and the darkness that really put a massive fire into that dark world that I needed to work through. Yeah. Cause that's all it was. It was just mm-hmm. an indicator of you need to address yeah. if you're willing to take your life and you had an attempt in <clears throat> at your parents' house in Oak cliff and you're 18 and you got your whole life ahead of you, there is some serious damage we need to address. Yeah. So that was like the, the whole journey of, mm-hmm. of what led to like, the beginning of healing yeah so and how, how was that as far as like i mean meeting your wife getting married and what was that process like were you open about that was it something that you kind of had to get better at as life oh you know as, as life and time went on like oh I, I i can't imagine like because there has to be this thought that goes through your mind of like, man, I don't want to scare this person away or I don't want to yeah. make this person think that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm crazy, you know, and it's the love of your life, you know, but it's a part of you that you took a long time to finally understand and explore mm-hmm. and, and get a grasp on. And now it's like you feel this obligation to expose it to a level that has never been exposed. Oh, my God, it was terrifying. 
Yeah. Be, being vulnerable and living a life of accountability is terrifying. Mm. Live, living an integral life and being open, honest, and transparent with, with somebody that you care about, whether that's your partner or, um, or a friend, it is so scary because the thought is, if I say something that's going to scare them off, I'll never have them again. Yeah. So you kind of harbored it for a while. Say again? You kind of harbored it for a while. No, I had to tell her everything mm-hmm. up front. And I was just her friend. So I, I met Rachel uh, at, at the church, and, uh, and she, she had to know everything because I, I wanted her to find out from me versus someone else finding, yeah. t- telling her. Because I want her to hear from my perspective and not, and not somebody else's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, you ha- I had to tell her everything. There's no way I could live a life where I, I, I live with uh, a lie. Because even if I withhold the truth, it's still, it's deception then. Yep. And I, and I don't want to live in deception. So she had to know everything. And uh, I, was, I was fairly surprised that she didn't run away. Mm. I, she did not run away. Yeah. Which most people have that fear. And uh, if you find a good person, they're not going to run away from you. They might have questions. Yeah. But they're not going to run away from you. Yeah. Because they love you. Yeah. So. Bro, I know, and I know, Fiji, you've, you've dealt with this, dude. Yeah. Um, like me, I, I've, I've gone through seasons of depression, anxiety, and not really understanding what I need to do on my end. Because I know you, you get in this dark place of just trying to find a way out. And you become confused because, again, you don't know why you're having these thoughts. And... It, it, there's a lack of acknowledgement and self-awareness to realize that I put myself in dark atmospheres. Mm-hmm. And, bro, my mom used to tell me this all the time. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful yeah. what you watch. Yeah. Be careful, like, all these different things. It's like, mom, shut up, bro. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it's like, but as you get older, you realize these things that I am partaking in, these things that I am digesting, are completely affecting me spiritually. And then it just opens up from there to my emotions, to me physically. Like 2012, 16 people that I knew passed away in that one year. And I became numb to death. And one night I was in my dorm room, blasting Drake, obviously. And Demari is rolling her eyes. Which song by Drake, though? That's bro, I don't even remember, bro. I don't even remember. I, all I know is I was in my dorm room blasting Drake. Mm-hmm. Marvin's room, that's nah, it. Nah, bro. Marvin's room on repeat. <laughs> Y'all think I was out here sipping at CFNI, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely This was not. at CFNI? Oh, yeah, sorry, bro. that's funny as heck. <laughs> I mean, bro, I was, at, I was that kid at Bible college. I was rolling up to school, rolling up to class, like, the day after Nothing Was the Same came out, blasting it in my car. God's kid. Oh, I know. I was there Professors are like, um, Mr. Walker, <laughs> what are you listening to? Oh, that's Drake, girl. That's Aubrey. You don't know about Aubrey? <laughs> Easy. That's Come Jimmy. on, now. But I, I knew that I was listening to, to Drake in my dorm room, and all of a sudden, my, I felt like I had an out-of-body out of experience, and I had my first ever anxiety attack thought I was dying and that sparked years of a genuine struggle with a fear of death and 
constantly living in fear and anxious and not knowing why. Not realizing why. It took me a long time to realize that in that season, I had been digesting so much secular music when I should have been seeking God that I opened the door for the enemy to come in and mm. just wreck mm-hmm. my entire being. I think for the longest time when I was going through it, I think I was listening to um, X's uh, 17 album. Like, first on, of all, on repeat. That's Whenever, the last like, person you need to listen to. If you, but if I'm depressed. talking about like, that was like 18 year old Fiji, freshman year of college. Yeah. He just dropped that album. It's a fantastic album. Though. It's a great album. But I'm talking about like, I'd go to sleep with that album playing. Like, I'm talking about like, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I can look back now and be like, okay, you probably should have been listening to Jocelyn Flores 24 times in one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, but good of an album as it is, that was a very, very dark album. Were you just firefighting listening to that song? <laughs> no. I was just going. I wasn't even I wasn't even anywhere near being a firefighter then. I was just playing baseball, going to Mountain View. You went to Mountain View? Yeah. Oh my god, this is an Oak Cliff podcast. Bro. Oh I'm, yeah, we grew, I grew up at CF and I. My heart is melting right now. Yeah. That's like we were so close quarters and we didn't know it. What was your old number that's, at your house? That say again. What's your old number? Your old like OG Dallas Oak Cliff number? Two one four. Two one four. Two. I grew well. Do you know where Do you know where Sunset High School is? Yeah. That's that. I live two like two minutes. My, my parents' house is from two minutes from there. From Sunset. I mean, yeah, bro. Dang, bro. Crazy. I mean, I'm basic though. I grew up at CFNI, but like my, I grew up there my entire life basically until wow. I left when I was like 19. He saw Bishop Arts go through gentrification. I saw yeah, I saw all of Oak Cliff go through gentrification. They're building a Target at Wynwood Plaza. Really? Good, good luck. <laughs> God's kids. Yo, that's the last place Ugh. you need to put a Target. That's amazing, bro. That's going to be ghetto. My wife was so excited. For that one? She was like, oh, my God, they're building a Target finally in Oak Cliff at That's Wynwood. amazing, bro. I said, where? She said, Wynwood. I said, yeah, we ain't going to that. Yeah, time. we are not pulling up there. I uh, mean, don't go there, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's great for the community. Skip, pass, go. Don't collect $100. Just keep pushing. Look, keep on, pushing. The, on, y'all's, uh, on the music topic, I remember when I was 13, I, I, I was on YouTube again, and I found the song Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Oh, oh my God, I love that song. It was so good. I still love that song. But my, I went to the restroom, and my mom went and looked at what I was looking at on the computer, and she was, like, livid with me oh, and yeah. angry and, like, very passionately angry with me. And I'm like, what, why are you mad at me? It's a good song. It's the devil music. Little did I understand the song. whole song is, if, if, if nothing matters, you might as well take your life. There's no point of living. So that's, that was implanted in my head, and she was trying to protect me. Mm. And I was so annoyed. I'm like, oh, my God, shut up. Leave me <laughs> alone. Let me listen to my emo music. Yeah. And she was literally trying to protect me. And, and I still allowed those things in, and it affected me yeah. all the way into my marriage. Yeah. All the way till now. It's something that I still go to therapy for. Still. Mm. It's something that I still am currently working through, and I have to be very open about. And uh, we don't, man, we don't appreciate the people that try to protect us. Oh my God! Like we, yeah. we we are frustrated with them, and we don't get it. And it's just a lack of, it's a lack of perspective and a lack of submission. Yeah. And now that I'm an adult, That's the word I like submission. Oh, yeah. I could cry right now thinking like, oh my God, I wish I listened more. Yeah. But, yeah, bro. Opposing guidance because we think it's inconvenient. Like at the end of the day, we didn't trust our parents. We're kids. We're not. And I know for me, I, I just want to do a better job 
than what my parents did with me and letting my son know he can trust me. And obviously, they're just two totally different generations. And how many kids do you have? Just one. Let's go. Just bro. one, That's man. awesome. And I just want him to know that he can trust me. He can talk to me. I, I, was, I, I was scared to talk to my mom. I felt yeah. like I couldn't talk to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Because if I did, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know? And because of that, we look at our relationship with our parents as this negative thing that everything they tell me is just their opinion and has no actual factual statement to it because we don't really realize our our parents were kids once and they might know a thing or two. But, like, the way we look at guidance and the way we look at somebody really, like, trying to show us the right path, to show us a better path and how our pride and how our ego and what we want, our selfishness, um, just clouds our judgment and makes mm-hmm. us think that we want things that aren't good for us. Oh my God. It's, it's sin. Yeah. It, it's, it's sin is so attractive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Sin has made me do temptation has made me do some very stupid things. My wife should have left me fact. Yeah. My, I have so many friends that don't have to be my friend, mm-hmm. like because of the temptation of sin and that, that that sounds churchy, but it's the truth. It's the like truth. The, the, the root cause of, of so many of our problems is we are so easily tempted that we give in a temptation and um, it leads to a pattern of sin. And then you then then you look up a year later and you're a full blown, you're a porn addict, you're a sex addict, you're a shopaholic, whatever. And, and you can't get off of it. Yeah. Because of a pattern you weren't willing to address because of secrecy. Mm. You live in secrecy and you're not accountable and you don't have covering. Oh my God, it has led to the yeah, bro. We're not strong enough to do it on our own. And even with the suicide part, bro, the only reason I'm alive is because of accountability. Yeah, there were so many times where where I've worked with with some of the greatest people on the planet. There's times where I've worked with with beautiful, amazing people at church that I look up to. There's times where I've worked with people of influence. I'll give you an example. When I men's conference last year, the men's conference of last year for Gateway Church, um, I had worked with a guy named James Lee. James Lee, I love you so much. Um, and I pitched him. I said, hey, let me set up a podcast in y'all's green room, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to shoot it, and you guys will bring on somebody to host and interview y'all's guest. Yeah. So that was the first time I ever met Mike Todd. And... We had Mike Todd come in. I was so excited. I was like, yes, this is going to be so good for y'all because they weren't doing any podcast content. So it's like, Gateway, let's go with the times. You're not doing any podcast yeah. content. So let me do this for free. I want to bless you. I think it'll do really good. So we got Mike Todd on the podcast. Uh, my buddy, Austin Pennington, is interviewing him. And it was like a high for my career to have pulled the strings together to make that happen. Yeah. Dude, when I tell you I got in the car and I left, I was Excuse me. I was so depleted emotionally because I had hit such a high dopamine rush. When it was over, it was like massive crash. It's like when you drink too much alcohol. Yeah. It's amazing. Crash hangover. Mm-hmm. When you have too much drugs, right? It's the same thing. You hit a wall. But I had this massive dopamine rush. And when I was in the car, I was like, it was reverting back to all those thoughts of, of a teenager Hector of like, I want to kill myself. Which sounds so silly. It sounds so dumb, dude. But it's because I was... Um, I was like a dopamine addict. 
So when I, I'm hustling and I'm grinding, I'm trying to make all these cool things happen. When it's over, it was never enough and it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling or sustainable. Yeah. So now I'm trying to re- rewire my brain to not be, one, a dopamine addict mm-hmm. and to understand that I am fulfilled in Christ and yeah. everything that I do is enough for him so that when I'm there, one, yeah. I'm not idolizing people or idolizing my career. And, and two, I'm fulfilled with everything that I'm doing for the Lord. Yeah. And I don't go to that because that's my natural pattern is mm-hmm. to think everything's good. You hit a crash. Take your life. Yeah. Because it sounds really stupid when you say it out loud. But that's where my brain was. And the only reason I'd get out of those holes is accountability. I can't tell you how many times I have texted the suicide hotline number in the last year. The, the last three months of this year. Bro, I am an adult. I am 25 years old. I have an amazing wife. I have an amazing church. I could call one. I could call y'all at four in the morning, and you might not be awake. I could call you sometime, and you'd answer, and you'd walk me through yeah. a hard time. Yeah. I have so much covering my life is like I am in the palm of God's hand, I feel like. I am so blessed. Yeah. And in the last three months, I've texted that suicide line many times. But it's the accountability. Like, that's mm-hmm. what's keeping me alive is opening my mouth. The people yeah. that are gone is they're not accountable until they write that suicide note. That's the most vulnerable they'll ever be, mm-hmm. that suicide note, and then they're gone. And then everybody around them is like, I had no idea. I had no idea. It's the same thing, dude. Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. I had yeah. no idea. I knew, always knew he was a sad guy. Yeah. But whatever. The lead singer from a, a an, it, dude, it's been in culture forever. Like, there's a, there's a band called Death. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> this dude. But these. <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> came, came out of nowhere. Oh, man. He I took no his idea. life. A band named Death. <laughs> that's dark it's like when we're working on creative projects man it's like that's why it's so important to have some accountability outside of that because once you say it out loud now you have people that's going to hold you accountable to it and ask you hey so how's that going hey did you finish that song did you finish that suicide hey, note yep. too far Sorry. hey bro did you finish I've had two attempts note? it's okay <laughs> no <laughs> he's like I'm, I'm, I'm exempt I can joke about it but I Honestly, though, but I, I think that there's a there's a point to where accountability it's 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 what comes with it. It's like if I ask for it, that means I have to explain why I'm asking for it, and I don't want to explain why I'm feeling the way I feel. Either one, because I don't know why I feel the way that I feel, or I'm scared of how you're going to view me once I tell you. Mm-hmm. And the bro suicide one of my one of my friends from high school um she killed herself and i was at the house Mm. and her and her brother were twins and he their dad was very abusive he couldn't know that she was friends with me Mm. only jose could was my friend when i was around them Mm -hmm. when we didn't have school she had to go to work with him like he was just very controlling and he found out she had a boyfriend and just lost his mind Mm. And while I'm sitting in the bedroom with Jose, as he's just venting and crying after all three of them, him, his sister, and his mom just got beat, beat down, mm-hmm. hear the loudest bang go off. The pictures on the walls mm-hmm. came up. And 
go in and Sandra killed herself in the bathroom. That's terrible. Using a plunger to pull the trigger off with the shotgun. Oh my god, it's terrible. You know, and it's so the next day going to school and trying to act like nothing happened. Mm. And so many people saying I had no idea. And there's a sense of like, one, you weren't paying attention. Or two, you know, she really didn't say say a lot. And on the side of us not paying attention, I think we take people for granted. Mm. And mm-hmm. we, man, COVID, COVID messed me up, bro. It made me realize how much I took for granted, like, human interaction. Mm-hmm. And friends, I made phone calls that I kept telling myself to make that I kept procrastinating on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me realize that relationships matter. Friendships matter. Checking, check on your strong friends became the statement. Check on your happy friends. Check on all your friends. Yeah. Because That's good. at the end of the day, man, I could be friends with somebody for 10 years, man. Mm-hmm. Who knows the stuff that they're not telling me? Because I know there's things that I ain't telling my friends. <laughs> there's two sides to it, bro. There's the side of you, have, you need to be a good friend and you need to deepen your relationship with them by having deeper communication. Mm. I grew up in the hood. There's yeah. no deep communication. You don't talk that's, about your feelings. That's corny. That's yeah. weak. That shit is whack. Yeah. It's like you don't talk about that. Yeah. You don't talk about that. You don't talk about your feelings. You're, you're going to man up. You can cry at the funeral of your friend that, that was murdered mm-hmm. or you lost your grandma. You can cry there or you can cry after you lost a uh, basketball championship. Yeah. At your high school game. Yep. But you don't you don't cry and you don't show emotion. So what does that mean? Does that mean that there's no deep conversations happening? So do you know how many people in in those neighborhoods, like they don't have this. This yeah. is not normal. No one teaches them this. Granted, they have TikTok now and there's and th- there's a lot of podcast clips that go around and that's altering their brain psyche and they're like okay this is cool like they can watch it yeah on a, on a screen yeah and hopefully that that instills hope and that can change um their lifestyle and will and will help them for the better but in in, in neighborhoods like that it's, it's not normal and it's not normal in in south lake texas mm-hmm. where where uh rich tech dad is gone half the year he brings two million a year home and soccer soccer mom influencer is just on her phone all day so yeah. The 14 year old girl is like, well, I'm going to sleep around to get validation. Yeah. And I don't know how to open up and, and be integral. And I live a, I live a, 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 mm-hmm. a life of, of lies because my parents do. I don't know anything about my parents. Yeah. So there's two sides to it on, on the suicide part and, or even just going through a hard time. It doesn't need to be as extreme as putting a gun to your head and pulling the trigger. There's so many people that don't even know who you are because you didn't ask them anything about who they are. Yeah. Oh, my God. How many times are you around people and they don't ask you one question? They just keep talking and talking and talking and about nothing, nothing. It is exhausting to be around because I desire deep communication. I want to know who you are. I want to give you a hug. I want to know everything about you, and then I'm going to tell you about me, and we can connect. But for so many, I mean, for the average person, that is not normal. This is the underground. I promise you this is the underground. Go to any bar. Go to a Deep Ellen bar right now. Five minutes right there. No one's talking about anything. They're having their cocktails and they're going to drink till three in the morning. But no one, no one's, no one's living a life of integrity or talking, or uh, openly talking about their struggle. Yeah. 
It's not normal. Yeah. So, so to me, this creating online content is so important because you're able to be a template for people and you can show them this is normal. Yeah. And I do think that's what's really cool for Gen Z and, and, the, and the kids after them is they are getting to watch podcast clips. I, that sounds yeah. so odd and like a, a small solution, but it's major. I think it is going, I think the internet is so powerful and it's going to help so many people. Um, obviously, anything's going to hurt somebody. So there's that whole side of it. But uh, it is it is teaching kids that there's a lot of hope out there. Yeah. It's crazy. Because I'm bro. When I was in high school, we had, it was mostly one, but then we got two. MySpace? Facebook came up, but MySpace was it. Oh my God, I loved MySpace. <laughs> that came in and it was just like, bro, today? Instagram, I remember when it came out, it came out the fall after I graduated high school. And I look back to then and seeing how MySpace ruled our lives. Everybody was pissed about your top five, your top 10, your top 20. You had to put top 50 so nobody was pissed. MySpace, MySpace taught people how to, how to code. Yeah, because you would change your background, your background, and, and you music would uh, players, your music player, and you'd add everything. Dude, yeah. you we we were all little tech coders back Bro. then. I, I think I think our generation is paving the way for everybody else to be transparent, and that it's okay to be transparent because we were tired of our parents lying to us. What like, do you mean by lying to us? Like, Bro, specifically? you know how many family secrets I had yeah, no idea true. about. That is true. It wasn't until I got older and started asking questions. But when I was younger, I would ask questions, but I would just accept the answers that they gave me. Stay out of grown folks' business. Yeah. You know how many parents have lived a deceptive life and taught that to their kids? Yeah. Listen, I'm all about protecting your children. My mom protected me from Metallica. Yeah. Which led me to, live, to, to think um, about suicidal ideation. She was protecting me. That's a good thing. Yeah. But there's so many times where... Even though they're not technically lying to us, there's so many parents and grown adults who are being deceptive to children because they think they're protecting them. Yeah. You need to be vulnerable with that kid. Yeah. And not in a creepy way and not in a way that's going to exploit them or be emotionally abusive. None of that. Yep. But you need to walk with them. Yep. And then it, and then it, it just goes vice versa where, where the parents are deceptive and now that's, and then they wonder, man, why isn't my 14-year-old opening up to me? I try to talk to them, but they won't open up to me. I'll trust you. It's this whole cycle that starts at a young age, man, when, when, you're, when you're withholding truth from them. Yeah. And you need to walk with them through it carefully. Mm -hmm. Don't, again, don't exploit them. Yeah. But walk with them carefully. But that's also the dangerous part of, of how powerful the internet is. Oh, my God, I've seen some evil things on the internet because you get curious and you yeah. search, you get on the black web. Yeah. Terrifying stuff is out there. But what you're saying is, I, I do agree that we are we are a template of transparency for for a lot of young people, and there's so many people who who have access to so much good information now. It's beautiful. Yeah. Now it's really just the it's kids are always going to do bad things, mm -hmm. but uh, the assignment and the and the mantle that we have as online creators is very important. So that's a good segue for where we're about to go next. Oh, let's hit it. What are some struggles as a man that you experience in the creative world? In the creative world? As a man. As a man. So what are some struggles as a man that you struggle or experience with in the creative world? Um, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and we are. Uh, please tell me your name again. D is amazing, y'all. She needs to. You need to. You're on the podcast, right? Okay, praise God. She's a beast, bro. I hear the typing and I hear the thoughts, everything. You are a beast. Yeah, she is. Um. Uh. Well, we we are we are in a hilarious, not hilarious. We're in an, like a a wild time right now where. The, the the universe and, the, and the, the the globe was dominated by men for so long. Now we're in a world where so many women are are stepping into leadership roles and and they're they're becoming influencers and and their voice is so is uh, has so much weight to it. It's very cool to see the both genders doing their thing and yeah. what God created them to do. I think that's very cool. As for a man, though, like my struggles. The only thing I've struggled with on the real is the, the more influence I've gotten, the the more my life has been in the light. So if I cheat on my wife, everybody's going to know. Yeah. That is a real thought. Yeah. One of my biggest struggles in my life is is uh, sex addiction, food addiction, and uh, and um, not self-harming. I don't cut myself. But the, the ideation of suicide. Mm-hmm. Those are three, three of the of the biggest struggles that I, I'm continuing to work through. I am not, I'm not fully on the other side of a full healing. I'm still like in surgery. I'm in therapy. I'm working through so much. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a lifelong thing too that I'm gonna work through. Um, but the the biggest struggle as a creative is the mo- the more influence I've gotten is um, I don't want to ruin my marriage and I don't want to ruin my integrity. Yeah, I promise you that's the main thing. Any other creative or entrepreneur. They're, they're, they'll probably tell you their struggle is trying to make it, trying to stay relevant, all of those things. Those things are, I understand, that, that is a big weight, but it's not our job to stay relevant. Our job is to just do what God has called us to do. My job is called to be a man of integrity and lead my household well. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe everything in my life at 25 is working out so well. I, I, I produce one of the, the best podcasts on the planet that's, that is thriving in in the span of eight months. We've we've gotten we've gone from zero to two hundred and nineteen thousand subscribers, and my DMs flood every single day with how the content is changing their life, and and the big fear now is my life is is in the limelight and it's on a pedestal, yeah. And I need to watch what I say, not not to not to be afraid of cancel culture, but because my words have weight now, yeah. I need to watch what I say. I need to watch how I act because I act a fool. Obviously, I started off this podcast by calling myself an immigrant and uh, saying the cartel brought me over here. I am not an immigrant. And the cartel, please leave me alone. But I fool around a lot because it's just my personality. I'm a jokester. But I do have to be careful with the things I say because I am loud. And my wife's an introvert. And I give her a panic attacks when we're out in public because I'm so loud and obnoxious and stupid. And uh, I knew life got really weird. Again, I am, if we're talking in secular terms, and if I'm just talking very objectively, I am a, like, micro, micro influencer. I'm a part of a cool podcast. I produce it. That's how I am in the world's eyes. That's what it is, right? But the level of influence is so wildly vast. I was at Burger House 
in Dallas, the original one. It's tiny. It's puny. It's a closet. It's so cute. The foundation is sideways. It's like the building's falling apart, but they make good burgers. And I'm talking to my wife. I'm in line and someone turns around and they're like, oh my God, Hector from the basement. I'm not the host. It was a laugh, wasn't it? I'm not even a co-host. <laughs> I'm a producer. And he did say, he's like, dude, I love your laugh. But my wife, we had, we, we, we talked to them. I hugged them. We talked for a hot minute. But when we got in the car, my wife was like, I hated every minute of that. My wife's an introvert. It's not a bad yeah. thing. But sh- that's when we both realized that if you're going to make content online and you're willing to put yourself out here, you need to be okay that you're giving up your, all your privacy. You can live a life of privacy. and You can take your family on vacation and not post about it. That's cool. But people want to know everything about you now. Yeah. How and has she transitioned into that? Say again? Has she transitioned fully into that yet or she's slowly getting there? She's, she's still struggling with it. Yeah. She, it it's more laughable now to her because mm-hmm. everywhere we go, I most of the time run into somebody that knows who I am. Yeah. And my wife will, will laugh about it now, but as an introvert, she hates it. Yeah. She still hates it. Yeah. That I mean, dude. The the word you said was weight, and mm-hmm. dude, I cannot imagine. Like you said, the the way y'all have been able to grow in the last eight months mm-hmm. is it's insane. It's mm-hmm. unheard of. It is it is it beats every algorithm. It beats every form of statistic or theory of how to grow your your platform it it is genuinely god's work right and it seemed like overnight your life changed Mm -hmm. and now there's a level of stewardship Mm -hmm. that you have to obtain with this new platform that's good because now like you said people are watching and they're not only watching to see what you're doing they're watching to ruin there's people doing the the you are a shepherd now you have little lambs yeah that you need to take care of there's going to be people who are going to criticize you there's going to be people that are fed by you and 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 the people that are that that are being fed by you rely on you yeah and doesn't mean that you're their god and 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 you have to take care of them and baby them but your words impact them yeah so what you say matters yeah so so you need you need to mean what you say and only say what you mean yes and that the, that's the problem I had my whole life. I was so sarcastic. I did not realize how much it was affecting my life. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times I pissed off my wife playing sarcasm and being a jokester. That's like I was a child talking to my wife sometimes and the way I would react. And I try to play everything off as a joke. It's just a defense mechanism. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now now I'm, I, I am transitioning now into of, of I feel like I'm finally I think I feel like I've always been a young man i feel like i'm becoming a man now i don't have kids yet i know that's gonna be like the full-blown like there's the lights praise god brother look at that buildings in the screen though you know what i'm saying cute hello yeah eight eight just hit it once ladies and gentlemen the lights have turned off just if you're an audio listener don't hold it that's cute if i get up and walk over there (laughs) and and hit number eight and it comes on we're going to fight. I believe in you, sister. There we go. God's kids. Um, <laughs> goofy, bro. <laughs> so I know that there's a level of 
How many times you press that button? I only press it once. Cap. Anyways, I think that there's like, man, there's so much. There's so much I want to say, but I'll start off by saying this: what y'all are doing is so important to not only the creative space. But just believers in general. For the culture, man. Like culture. It's in the culture, because bro. Because I have been, just me personally, I have been so lost and confused because I feel like I'm in a, in a room with people who just don't pass the vibe. I feel like everything's a lie. I feel like everything people are saying is a front. Feel like everything is a tagline, a mission statement, or a, or, or a one-off. You're talking about these green room pastors. Nah, what you're talking real. about? It's like yo, dude, you're talking like, about them youth pastor green room uh, pastors that are trying to get in that conference lineup, bro. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. They're trying it's to get like, that check. Those are my it's favorite like, ones, man. Nah, bro, because it's <laughs> like, dude. At the end of the day, I don't care about this cookie cutter response. Like, talk. Tell me that real. Yeah. Talk to me. Don't talk to me nice, bro. Like, talk to me about this real-life shit that's going on. Because I don't want to hear all that back-and-forth nonsense of, oh, man, if you just keep your head in the game. Like, at the end of the day, that's not going to get me to where I'm going. Yeah. And, the, and the level of transparency and the level of honesty that you guys move into, I mean, mm-hmm. transparency is a, is a core value for y'all's platform. And vulnerability. And vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't care if you like what I'm saying. But I'm going to say it because there's value in what I'm saying. And it created this notion that, hey, like, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. And this is my journey. And that's okay. And that's cool. Because now I'm taught, I've never heard a pastor talk the way Tim talks. I've never heard a pastor talk like him. Ever in my life. And it is a game changer. It's a culture shift. And that's why so many people find so much value in y'all's content. Mm -hmm. That authenticity, man. Because we, for the last however many years, we've just been consuming a bunch of surface level content. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now people who a year ago would hate watching people talk about God and what it does in their life. I feel like now people are so broken and people are so tired of just surface level relationships and surface level spirituality and praying to freaking rocks and being like, there's gotta be some, something more out there. And y'all are showing them what that more is and that it doesn't discriminate Mm -hmm. and it doesn't give a to-do list on what you need to do in order to be a part of what we're doing here. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to, yeah, you got a potty mouth, all good, pull up. Hey, you struggling with sex addiction? It's all right, pull up. Hey, you struggling with alcohol? Hey, it's cool. Everyone's coming through. Pull up. Everyone's coming through. Y'all are the ultimate definition of, I don't care, pull up. All good. Yeah. We got to see for everybody. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it is. I think it's doing such wonders for the kingdom. Because, bro, the church has gone through so much nonsense 
in the last few years with scandals, <coughs> like pastors cheating on their wives, money, all this just nonsense, bro. Nonsense. People not stewarding their platform. Yeah. And it is destroying what we're trying to preach to people who need it. We have a reputation that is being destroyed by white evangelicals, that is being destroyed by greed, that is being destroyed by lack of discipline, Mm -hmm. and that's starting to mend. Because we, boy, we we got so many examples of terrible pastors. Mm -hmm. And I love them. I love you, you idiot. (laughs) Stop cheating on your wife. Nah, for real. You idiot. Please stop cheating on your wife. You, you, we have so many bad examples. I think it's time that we start putting good examples on the forefront, and y'all are leading the charge. I told bro. you, I told you on uh, Instagram um, when I made that post and tagged you in it. Like, bro, I feel like gatekeeping stops with you guys. Like the fact that you were even, even willing to come sit down and chop it with us, bro. I was telling you YouTube analytics at the bar. Yeah. I'm making drink. I'm making a cocktail for somebody. Yeah. And I'm telling you how many impressions we got this month. Yeah. Because we're not going to what you did in order to like. Yeah. We're not going to gatekeep anything. We're gonna, yeah. we're going we're going to give the knowledge and the and anything that we have to offer to help the people that God has called to the online platform. We're in a we're in a niche space. We make online content that's reaching a lot of people, and those people, it's chain reaction. Yeah, they're going to lead the people that's under them, whether they're a teacher, a police officer, whatever they do. What we say is important because they're taking it home and it's mm-hmm. affecting their life. Yeah, so. Dude, I love I love what you said that there's we, we've seen this past wave of you know so many scandals. It was just back to back. So many people cheated on on their spouses and, and they 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 ha- they use ministry funds to to fund their sex lifestyle and and take exotic trips and do s- all this terrible, terrible stuff. Um I love you. <laughs> and you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. Because you're you're living in you're living up to your stereotype because this is how we see you now, mm-hmm. and uh, the basement is is just a template to show people that you're allowed to talk about with your struggle. Yeah, you cheated on your wife, okay? Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about. Let's it. not have it be a cycle that's going to be ten years, and now uh, you've used eighty thousand dollars from your nonprofit church, and you've had an affair with seven different women. And you're on your second marriage, and your whole family's life is destroyed. At least their their online life is destroyed, and they can't be on social media anymore. And yeah. their kids want to kill themselves because yeah. everyone makes fun of them at their high school that their pastor dad cheated on their mom. Yeah. So we just give space for for people to know that you can tell us your struggle, and we're not going to run away. Yeah. And you shouldn't run away if you want to run away. Like, mm-hmm. run away if they're being domestically abusive yeah or actively cheating on you and with no remorse run sister or brother yeah please run but for the for for the things that can be mended and we can work out we're going to be open and transparent and we're going to teach people that it's okay to do that yeah because you're you're looking at the the fruit of uh, of people who cheat on their spouse of uh, people who misuse the, their 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 organization organization's money and live a scandalous life, that, that's just fruit of, of not having accountability and being honest. Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. If they knew that they could open up, 
They would. But yeah. in their mind, there's a belief that if I open up, you're going to run away from me. If I open up, I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. Please open up. Yeah. It's going to fix everything yeah. before it gets terrible. Yeah. It's, it's prioritizing the wrong things. Mm-hmm. It's like. How would you attempt to break that stigma, though? What are you talking about? How would you attempt to break that stigma of breaking down? How to break it down? Mm-hmm. Like, how would you, as a creative, attempt to break that down? You need to find someone that, you need to find a safe space to, to talk to somebody. Does that kind of answer it a little yeah. bit? Yeah, you need, you, need a, you need to find a safe place to talk to somebody about it. And uh, a safe place looks like um, a trusted friend. And a safe place, if you're married, looks like your spouse. That's yeah. the safest place you can go to. Yeah. And you need to get people involved to get you help. You can't do it alone. If you cheated on your wife, you and your wife can't just heal together. You need to get a counselor, and you need to have friends that are going to walk with you through it. You need to be open about everything. Yeah. You have to be. There's a few things you can, there, there, there's a few things in your life you can keep to yourself if you, if you don't feel led to open up about. There's some things in my marriage that are between me and my wife and our future kids. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Not going to be open to the public. Wife's not comfortable with it. Cool. Or vice versa. I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Cool. But if, if there's anything scandalous, you will find out from me first yeah. before anyone is going to, to, to call me out. Yeah. So you need, you need to find a safe place before you, you lead yourself to disaster. Yeah. And y'all, and y'all, man, y'all, the thing that y'all released last week, man, when y'all were talking about abuse and speaking up and bro, y'all are just, y'all are pioneering something. Bro, y'all, y'all are pioneering conversations. Look, bro, the, I am, I am not inspired by, back to your, your green room pastors or, and, and we're all, that's the spiritual term, the corporate guys, yeah. like in the tech world, whatever. I am not inspired by what people say. I am inspired by the life that they live. Yeah. If I see 10 disciples behind you and you invest in the people's life and you care about them and you are leading them, that's inspiring. Yeah. Not, not your Twitter statement. I could care. Do you know how many people are trying to be fake Mike Todd's? It's embarrassing. You know how many people are trying to be Gary V? Yeah. It is embarrassing. Now, there's some people who look up to them. I look up to both of those guys. Yeah. But I'm going to be who God created me to be, and I'm also going to live a life of integrity and have disciples behind me, and I'm going to serve my city, and I'm going to do great things for the kingdom of God. Yeah. If I'm trying to copy and paste and, and be someone I'm not, it, that is, it's, it's one of the wackest things you could do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... One thing, bro, that sticks out to me is, like, your your heart, bro. And obviously, bro, before we wrap, I want to talk about how you got involved with The Basement and Tim. And, you know, you posted something not too long ago. You were talking about how people, as creatives, you need to be willing to do things for free. Mm-hmm. And there's a season of paying your dues and a season of, serving your community Mm -hmm. and i think and i and i i hear that a lot but i think you are a really good example of what that does like like you said you were saying earlier how you just told them like hey i'll do this for free bro like let's just get this going yeah bro you know because Uh your heart is to serve dude i just before i got here one of my favorite things to do before i do something creative 
or whatever, I like to make an Instagram post because I'm still like low key a recovering dopamine addict. So I like to do something really cool and randomly I'll check and I'll see that it's doing well and it gives me like the best dopamine rush ever. Yeah. But literally the post that I made today was um, uh, it's a carousel and it says integrity open doors for me, not my sales pitch. Generosity put more in my pockets. Talking about money. Generosity put more in my pockets, not my poverty mindset. So like you got to you have to put in the the, the work and the reps to to be able to do something influential and that's going to reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know so many people that have been in my life that lived a lifestyle of save every penny or save save their time and their gift and not be generous with it. Yeah. I have been generous since I was in high school with the gift that God has given me, which is my creativity. It has led to the biggest checks of my life financially, and it's led to some of the most beautiful relationships I could have never imagined having. Yeah. And uh, the basement, the basement was birthed out of um, a podcast I felt led to start with uh, my co-producer, Sam Byers, uh, called Foundational Podcast. Hilarious enough. Feels poetic with the basement. But I called Sam, uh, I called Sam at the beginning or the end of 2021 mm-hmm. in December. I was in Pennsylvania and I was in a basement, which is hilarious. <laughs> I was in a basement in Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere, Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. I'm the only brown person in that city. The only other brown kids adopted. So, like, we're both, <laughs> we're both crawling out there. Um, <laughs> I called Sam, and I didn't know he was going through one of the hardest times of his life ever. And uh, he, was, he, was, he was going through something so tough and so heartbreaking. And um, I told him, I said, hey, man, I feel like I'm supposed to make content with you. I never tell people that because I don't trust anybody for the most part when it comes to yeah. people who make commitments. I, I'm just very careful with who I work with. And I felt led to call him and say, I want to work with you. And I said, hey, let's make a podcast. Let's make some cool content. So we made, a, we made content for, for a month and a half, and it was doing great. There were some clips on TikTok that got over a million, and, and uh, it, the, the engagement was great, and it was doing really good. And it's like, okay, well, we can scale this, and it's probably going to do really well. We're all across all platforms. It's received really well. It's, it's doing great. And then uh, I have a friend named J.B. Copeland who is a giant Viking in like yeah. four times my height and 400 pounds and gorgeous. And he's like, I want to start a podcast. He's like, I want to I interview Tim Ross. I said, okay, let's, let's get it. But the, the, the week before he set it up to interview Tim Ross, uh, he wanted to go, he, he had someone who was down to do interview, this cat named Elijah Lamb, mm-hmm. Christian influencer guy that works with The Osu. Uh, he was, he's, he's based out of Los Angeles. Gotcha. JB ain't got no money. Sam Byers ain't got no money. I have money because I've been bartending and I started my video business. I said, well, I am adventurous. So I bought my flight. I bought Sam's flight. And I got our hotel in, uh, not our hotel, our Airbnb out in Orange, California, which is like an hour out of Los mm-hmm. Angeles. And, uh, uh, and I paid for everything, that entire trip for everybody, right? Food, accommodations. I paid for the studio that we used. And we interviewed this kid named Elijah Lamb. But I felt led to do it. Now, I didn't want anything from JB. I yeah. wasn't thinking, like, I'm going to invest in him, and he's going to be a star, and we're going to make so much money together. Bro, I, was, I just felt led to do it. Yeah. And that podcast, they're not doing a podcast anymore. Right? 
I could look back on that and look at it as a, like, oh my god, why I waste all that money. It was and, a loss. Yeah. Oh my god, we did all this and we traveled and I paid for it and blah blah. blah. Bro, out of that generosity and faithfulness led me to that room with Tim Ross mm. because JB the 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 week after the Los Angeles trip, we set up for JB to interview Tim. It was a beautiful interview. Tim was uh, they they did a, a two hour plus interview, and uh, the business side of me says, okay. You need to do this very excellent. The generous side is we're gonna do we're gonna do this for free. I lost money in the Los Angeles trip, quote unquote secular terms. I lost money there, and I lost money on the Tim Ross day. I was I'm, I'm out seven hundred dollars. I'm going to pay Sam because I'm gonna I'm gonna pay my creatives. You yeah. never catch me not paying for uh, for a creative, even if they want to bless me with their food. I'm gonna bless them. I paid Sam two hundred fifty dollars just to be there and uh, and and uh, be there, be my support, and then. Just clip it together later. I rented cameras from my friend Jay Martin last minute. He dropped the cameras off at Embassy City, uh, Tim's church, like 30 minutes before Tim arrived. And I'm like, we need to crush this. We need to make this the best it can be. And we did that. I told Sam, I was like, hey, bro, I need you to edit this podcast tonight. And, we, and I told JB, and we need to post this on YouTube the next day. Just trust me, you got to go with the wave. This is some Wall Street stuff right here. Yeah. We got to make, like, we have to make it the best feeling possible for everybody. So they crushed the interview. I emailed Tim's assistant, and I didn't give him a sales pitch. I didn't give him no numbers. I just said, hey, if Tim needs anything, just hit me up. Didn't even, I did not want to sell myself to him. So if he needs anything, just let me know I got him. I was, me and Sam got an email from his assistant saying, hey, Tim wants to meet up with y'all. Come through, like the next week. So these are just events of generosity that led to a door opening to me. One, if we're talking in secular terms, one of the biggest checks in my life. Yeah. Ongoing check because the podcast keeps doing better, Yeah, right? It's great. I lost a bunch of money. I gained it a million times back. Yeah, and now I have some of the best friends I've ever had in my life that I get to work with full time now. And, and uh, Tim, is, Tim is the most generous human being that I know. So, yeah, out of generosity birthed, birthed everything that got open for yeah. me. So what's next, bro? What's next for Hector? Bro, I'm sweating. Please ignore <laughs> me. He said AC. Y'all need to turn off these Sony <laughs> FX3s and get Sony A7Ts to blur, blur my sweat, bro. Um, What's next is um, uh, we're going to continue to build the Basement Podcast, and we're going to build Upset the World, which is the Tim's company, Upset the World LLC. And, uh, and uh, right now, me and Sam are working. I think this is the first time I ever talked about this openly. Okay, well, I hope it works out. Exclusive. Tim has talked about it on the Basement. He said, I feel like I'm called to be an executive producer. Yeah. So uh, my DMs have been blowing up. Like, do you have a course? Do you have like a podcast? Can we pay for you to consult on how to do a podcast? Because just of the success of the, of the basement, um, I'm like, I don't have time for any of those things. Nor do I have a passion to do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I I talked to t I talked to talked to uh, Sam about it when we took a trip out to Utah together as as a basement crew, and then I was like, hey, uh, I feel like we're supposed to do something. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's a course. Kind of don't even. I hate that. Feels weird. Feels grimy. Um, and I don't know if I'm supposed to do a podcast because that's that's a big mantle. It's yeah. not light work. 
Um, so I, I, we let it sit for about a month, just the thought. And then I bring it up to Tim. I said, hey, Tim, I want to be submitted to you. I want, I want to be undercovering. So what do you think? Should we do like a course? Should we do this? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I'm going to produce y'all's podcast. So the next thing we'll be working on, it will be a, a creative podcast under the umbrella of Upset the World. That's dope. So it'll be Upset the World Presents, yeah. whatever the creative podcast name is. And it'll be uh, hosted by me and Sam. That's dope. And we, and we talk all things creative. We talk all things. It's this. It's, yeah. it's this. But it's just me and Sam. Yeah. Everything y'all are doing is what we're going to do. That's awesome. And um, it'll be sponsored by Upset the World. And, and uh, who would have thought, bro? Like, we started that. I felt like I was supposed to start that podcast with Sam. In twenty at, at the end of twenty twenty one, we called it foundational, yeah. which is the foundation that holds everything. I'm supposed to lay that down as things are getting better. Better, I lay it down to help Tim build his platform, which skyrockets and now is reaching millions of people, ninety million impressions on YouTube as of today. I laid it down, and now God, this year, is saying, "Hey, I didn't tell you to start that for no reason." Yeah. And you're undercovering. Yeah. And it's going to be covered by, by Tim. Yeah. So it was just this poetic, beautiful journey of listening and taking action when the Holy Spirit nudged us, laying it down when the time demanded it so that we, can honor, uh, we could honor the season we were in, and now picking back up and doing everything God called us to do. Yeah. So that, that's kind of where we are, bro. Dope, bro. Yeah, we're in no rush. I'm in no rush, bro. I'm not trying yeah. to hustle. I don't want to... I'm not trying to to be a millionaire. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to chase anything. I'm just being obedient. Yeah. And that's kind of what has fast tracked my life. Oh yeah. To way cooler yeah, things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Things become way easier. So, that's it, bro. Bro, I would love I would love to have you um a part of our documentary, bro. You doing a documentary? And Sam. And Sam. Yeah. You doing a documentary? Yeah. Um actually, I did this documentary in 2016. Mm-hmm. When I was living in Los Angeles, and we're redoing it at a bigger scale. Let's go, bro. Um, about the it's about fifty two. Obviously, I told you world mm-hmm. lonely as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're interviewing people all across the industry. Awesome. The so Marcus Lawrence from the Cowboys. Um, we're getting connected. We're hoping we can lock in. Good old Lenny Kravitz mm. talking with Denzel's people. Let's go, dude. Um, and just sitting down and talking about the truth of being huh? a believer. You just go straight up say Denzel, ah, that's right. I man on talk fire. To you about it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I have an updated Fiji. <laughs> Damari ain't no, but yeah. So I'm we're, we're so we're excited talking. right now. We're sitting down and we're talking with prominent people from around uh, the industry and the space, bro. It's awesome, dude. And talking about, you know, being a believer in this industry and not compromising. What does compromise look like? And it, despite it not being popular, like, we're not called to do what's popular. We're called to do what's righteous. And that's being followers of him. Get that on a shirt. That was actually a bar. Get bit. that on a shirt. That was a bar. Yeah, get that on a shirt. So Throw it on a carousel on IG. That's awesome. We'd love to have you and Sam on it. Get us on it, bro. Get the whole basement in there. Hey. Hey, I'm, in a, I'm an encourager. So every when I, when i encourage people it's real most of the time yeah some people do not receive it cuz they are like that is not my love language and you're being super super fake yeah um what y'all are doing is very important please keep doing it in 6 months you're probably going to want to give up if it's not doing great who gives a damn please keep doing it 
if God has called you to do this thing, do it well. Yeah. Do it excellently. I can't tell you how many people I've seen step into the online space and they last a month. And it's yeah. like, bro, God, if God actually called you and you stopped because the numbers weren't great, you were your heart's in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And two, you missed out on reaching a lot of people that yeah. needed to hear your voice. Yeah. Not saying you're God and you're you're the idol that people need, but God wanted to use you. Yeah. God's still gonna reach that person, but God wanted to use you. You were in that will. So what y'all are doing is so important. I really believe in it, and we need more of it. Yeah. It can't just be the basement. This 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 is the part of culture where there's a massive shift when it's not just the, the main cat like Tim talking, mm-hmm. it's a multitude of people doing the exact same thing. Yeah. That's punk rock. That's the eighties. Yeah. That that's hip hop coming out of the seventies. Like it's what changes the planet, dude. Yeah. And we're just talking about being open, honest, and transparent. Mm-hmm. This is the new wave, dude. I'm yeah. telling you, this is the entire new wave that's going to change the planet. This revamp is, I, I am a product of what the basement has done in the last eight months. 52 has been a thing for Come seven on, years, dude. Bro. And this revamp and this relaunch and redoing this documentary, the podcast coming, getting away from trying to be gossip gossip podcast and just talk about realness yeah bro you know this is all because of y'all's hard work mm. and y'all's y'all doing y'all's due diligence and making sure that y'all are stewarding y'all's platform mm-hmm. and being honest with it <laughs> and i'm a product of that i know they're a product of it i know so many people who are products of it and they're elevating their platform wow. and their gifts because crazy. of y'all's yes it's crazy and because of your sacrifice of not chasing a paycheck mm-hmm. and saying, Tim, whatever you need, I got you. Mm-hmm. You, Sam, JB, and Tim yeah, bro. are doing things that are changing. Y'all are changing something in creatives, specifically creatives who are believers mm-hmm. around the country and around the world. And I'm one of them. I love you, bro. I, I love you, bro. And I, I appreciate love you. you. I love you a lot. But also get your paycheck. Yeah, if you're entitled to your paycheck, get your paycheck <laughs> and charge accordingly. Discernment, man. Charge accordingly. Discernment. Sometimes God's going to tell you to do something. He's going to tell you to serve. And when he does, just be, just listen, be obedient. He's going to bring it back to you tenfold. And you're getting, and, and, and client, you are getting that invoice. Oh, yeah. I'm sending the invoice. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't don't think I, don't think Tim got the special. You ain't you that, that you ain't gonna get the invoice. <laughs> said you get the invoice. You thought you was the basement. <laughs> I'm sending the invoice to the fire the fire the firehouse. Committee. I'm expecting the invoice from from Hector tonight. <laughs> God's kids. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you coming through. Bro. <laughs> Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you follow us on IG at 52 Dallas. I'll also put my guy stuff here as well so you can follow him and keep up with him. Obviously, if you ain't on the basement and you ain't on what Hector's doing and what Sam and all those guys are doing, you're missing out. out. Make sure you go over there and hit those guys up. It will change your life. It's changed mine. Love you. Send nothing but peace, love, positivity, and extra creativity your way. Love you. Peace. Guys, kids.